You're listening to the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. The Air Force Research Laboratory is calling on universities to propose space missions with defense and educational purposes attached to it. It's AFRL's 11th year doing this from its university nanosatellite program. To find out more about the challenge and the program itself, I got the chance to speak to Jesse Olson, who is the manager of the university nanosatellite program at the Air Force Research Laboratory's Space Vehicle Directorate. UNT was founded in 1999, so long before I was here. Um, it, it started as a partnership between um, some AFRL employees, some NASA employees, um, and various partners have come and gone over the years. Uh, but, but effectively it was small satellites were, were a new thing um, back then. And, and so there was this partnership of a few people who wanted to try to support the small sat industry um, and, and academia to then build those satellites and, and educate students to help strengthen that small sat industry going forward. So that's, that's how it got started. And so what we do uh, is we, we provide funding and guidance to university teams that are building small satellites. And, and so the goal is to educate university students um, in small satellite systems engineering uh, which is kind of the process of of how you go from a concept to an actual, you know, here's how I built the hardware. We have something we can actually fly. Um, and that whole process of how do you do that intelligently and thoughtfully uh, is, is referred to as systems engineering generally. And so what role did UNP play in the amount of satellites, small satellites, and maybe even, um, you know, the, the whole satellite infrastructure uh, that we now have today? Yeah, so... Um, in the 20 plus years UNP has been around, the small satellite world has has exploded. Uh, it, it's huge now compared to back then, um, because small satellites have some some unique attributes that that larger ones can't, and, and vice versa, of course. Um, it, it's there, there's pros and cons. So um, UNP was was kind of the first um, academic supporter of of small satellites, uh, and they. They definitely played a big role in that. There's been over 5,000 students that have come through UNP since the early days. Uh, we've had 38 universities participate. Uh, we've had somewhere around 100 missions um, investigated and, and studied through the program uh, with about 15 that have actually flown into space of those. Um, and there are, you know, because it, it started so long ago, there are tons of people in the industry that came through UNP. Um, myself included, uh, but but I even run into, you know, lieutenant colonels and others who are in senior leadership roles now that came through the program and attribute a lot of their career and their success to UNP um, because because they learned that systems engineering uh, in school and, and were well set for a successful career then when they entered the workforce, um, both in government, you know, and academia and, and the whole you know, industry, wherever. Um, if you support one, you kind of support them all a bit because it's actually kind of a small world, small satellites. So. Yeah, on, on that small world, um, you know, this seems like a pretty successful pipeline to find um, new talent and even, you know, sharpen up some skills of people already in the industry. Um, I'm curious, you know, what, what, what have you seen that maybe other sectors of the space industry, space uh, realm <laughs> can learn from uh, the UNP program? Yeah, so I think, you know, I think our, our big strength is the education. So, so UNP kind of has three objectives. Um, we 
we focus heavily on education, but we also uh, get technology development, tech transfer from you know innovative uh, academies and universities to to the government and industry. Uh, we also um, support want to support universities. We want to build up those universities to educate other students. Um, but but be, education being that big focus uh, allows us to um, to create this this really strong pipeline uh, that can supply the the government, you know, the DoD uh, as well as industry, which then supports the DoD um, with these. And so I, I think the biggest impact of UNP and the biggest the biggest thing we see there is um, that that incredibly strong pipeline that we create. Uh, you know, I, I have. Um, people from across government agencies, I have people from industry come to me regularly asking for resumes, asking if they can recruit out of UNP. Um, there's a, a local Northrop Grumman representative who last I talked to him told me he had just hired his 46th student out of UNP. Um, and so that, that pipeline is really um, our, our biggest strength, I think. I wouldn't call it a pipeline. It's a factory almost. <laughs> we're, we're speaking to Jesse Olson. He's a space systems engineer and program manager of the University Nano Satellite Program at the Air Force Research Laboratory. Uh, so you talked about the differences between um, bigger and smaller satellites, other than the obvious one of one's big, one's small. Um, what are some of those differences that lie in the, uh, whether it's the hardware or the software that you can use with them? Yeah, so... Um... You know, small satellite spans kind of a spectrum. What we focus on are known as CubeSats, um, and, and CubeSats are defined by a U or a unit. So, so if we talk about like a six U CubeSat, six unit CubeSat, um, think like a shoebox size with, with one unit being about four inches on edge, a four inch cube. Um, so a six U is kind of like a shoebox, a 12 U is kind of like a small microwave or something. Um, Three use like a loaf of bread size, so that that's the scale that I work with primarily. Um, you can get a little bigger. I've worked on a couple that are more like mini fridge size, um, but a lot of the big satellites we're talking about, you know, car size, even like school bus size um, stuff. And so, so the there, there's always trade offs on this. You know, if, if you have um, a small satellite, you're never going to be able to fit as big of a camera, like, like if you think of the Hubble Space Telescope, that the main mirror on that is like eight feet in diameter. And obviously you need a big satellite to support that, um, to get really high quality images or really high power things like radars and, and stuff like that. You need big satellites for some of those, um, very exquisite systems. Um, but those are also very expensive systems. And so when you get to small satellites now, we can do things way cheaper, uh, way faster, and and uh, we can we can take advantage of situations where where more might be better. So if we think of like you know if we make 500 of these, we can put them all up in what we call a constellation of a bunch of satellites that work together. Uh, you know now we can maybe get better ground coverage for communications or something like that, um, where we don't need that exquisite capability on each one. We just need the the advantages and benefits of a lot of them working together with lower end capabilities. So um, there's certainly advantages to both. And, and with a mix of big and small, you get some, you know, you, you can cover a broader span of, of needs for the DOD. Yeah, forgive me, I, uh, what are these satellite, small satellites actually used for? Because obviously you don't see a lot, you don't hear a lot about them. Um, is it mostly just for monitoring? And, you know, how do they, how do you get them up there? <laughs> yeah, so um, 
you get them up there the same way you would a big satellite. You launch, you launch them on a rocket. Uh, it's just that you can launch a lot more of them on a rocket because they're so much smaller and lighter. Um, and not only that, because most rockets that are going to space are paid for by some big satellite, um, that there have been ride shares that are all small sats, but, but most of the time there's still some big satellite up there, but most of the time that big satellite's not using every ounce of capability the rocket can provide. And there's, there's, room, you know, capacity for some additional satellites on board. And so very frequently you'll have like one or two big satellites and then like five to 10 CubeSats kind of stuffed on where there's room on the rocket uh, riding up into space. Um, and then what, what they do, so uh, it's, it's a very broad spectrum, but some of the places where you get that at those advantages of lots of CubeSats or, or small sats being spread out in constellations, um, one is imaging. So, so we already talked about how you get lower quality images, but when you have a ton of satellites, you can get more frequent images because they're passing over places more often. So uh, one company that's been very successful in that world is, is Planet. Um, and they have, oh man, it's been a while since I've read, but I, I want to say it's over 500 of these CubeSats um, orbiting the Earth. And they can effectively image the Earth. I, I think it's on the scale of, of better than once a day they can image the entire Earth, um, and so it, it's a lower quality, but but you can see you know these changes and, and keep track of, of things at a way higher temporal resolution or time resolution. Um, communications is the other big one. So uh, the the SpaceX Starlink uh, constellation, for example, those are those aren't cubesats; those are a bit bigger, but they still would qualify generally as as small-ish satellites. Um, and there's almost, I think, a couple thousand of them up there now, um, starting to provide global coverage of communications. Um, and, and because they're so low and close to the ground, you can get really high data rate communication. So it's, and really low latency beating, meaning very responsive, um, just like, you know, a good internet connection versus something you have to wait a long time for, um, which is normally what you'd get if you had like a bigger satellite further away. Um, so there's, there's, some companies that have actually been very successful in that regard and, and the DOD is starting to um, to create some of their own constellations as well for various and most of the time similar purposes. Can we talk about the current RFP that the UNP has out? Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you're looking for for this next round of uh, proposals? Yeah, for sure. So uh, we do have a request for proposals open right now and we actually have two of them in fact. Uh, they can be found on our website, universitynowsat.org. And, and so the, there's two. One is our normal RFP that goes out every few years. Um, and that is, in this case, the 11th cycle of UNP, or NS11, Nanosatellite 11. Um, and so that one, we are looking for universities to propose a mission. Um, the, the RFP lays out a bit more detail, but effectively, you know, it has to have some military relevance. It has to have some good educational impact, uh, various things like that. Uh, but they can propose their mission. Um, we'll select 10 schools out of this proposal process over the coming months. Uh, and those schools will get put into a, a two-year, uh, what we call our phase A, um, two-year process where we will provide them a lot of educational resources. We'll hold design reviews with them to give them feedback will um, provide lots of educational opportunities, various classes and presentations. Um, 
And then at the end of that two years, we'll, we'll down select to uh, a smaller number of schools that, that will get additional funding. And, and of course, in that first cycle, uh, they'll get funding as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the, main, the, the first RFP. Um, and it closes uh, October 1st. Um, so time is, is wearing thin if, if uh, you know, <laughs> any of our listeners are uh, interested or know those who may be interested. Um, it, it's open to US universities. Um, and then the other one um, is actually an opportunity to, uh, to support uh, Air Force Research Labs um, in a bit more of a direct sense where uh, we have a, a program um, called the, the um, SPIDER program. Uh, and I'm not gonna, gonna bungle the acronym on, on this, um, but uh, that SPIDER program within the Air Force Research Labs is investigating some RF power beaming and so we are actually going to have a university create a CubeSat that will support this um, receiver payload for this power beaming. It will ride to space with uh, Arachne, which is a, a big satellite that, that is kind of testing a bunch of these technologies for the SPIDER program. Um, and then Arachne will actually deploy this CubeSat and as it drifts away, it'll beam power to it and it'll be the first time anyone's ever done this in orbit. And so that the second RFP is, is universities can propose to build that CubeSat that will ride on Arachne. Jesse Olson is manager of the University Nano Satellite Program at the Air Force Research Laboratory Space Vehicle Directorate. For our final interview of this episode, we'll hear how space technology is helping responders deal with disasters occurring down on the Earth. More of the Space Hour coming up after this. I'm Eric White. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.